Greetings. Today's topic is feeding your spirit. And today we have a guest with us, Erica Ashmead. And I actually invited Erica on the show today because she is someone who I have come to know who has come through a very difficult time in her life. And then she has just totally blossomed. And it seemed like to me, it seemed like in a short amount of time, one thing it was, she was one way, one minute. And then the next, it seemed like she was a totally different way. And so I was just curious to see what was going on in her mind in order to help her to make these shifts. So Erica actually is Chef Erica, and she is the owner of two businesses. She has um, Sage, I'm sorry, Sugar and Sage Consulting, as well as the owner of House of Lazuli. Yes. And so um, she is a business owner, and she is someone with the most amazing spirit. So welcome to the show today. Well, thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So if you can tell us a little bit about, I guess, your pre-life. Okay. Um, well, uh, my life consisted of a lot of battles, a lot of domestic violence and dysfunction within my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother went through a domestic violence relationship. Which is funny because when I was growing up, I always said, well, why doesn't she just leave? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I came into a domestic violence relationship and I see how hard it was, you know, to love someone and take, you know, the pain that came with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was that and there was a lot of moving within my childhood and... Um, depression and mental illness within my family Um, so as well as binge eating and it's just a lot of struggle Mm -hmm. at that time okay so um, as far as the binge eating when was that what period of your life did that take place Um, well it took place shortly after my mother passed away Mm -hmm. which was 2011 Um, So about 2012, 2013, that's when I started to notice a change in me, my spirit, what I was allowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just, it was just a a terrible time because I was, I didn't know how to grieve Mm -hmm. the loss. Um, But at that time is when I met my former boyfriend and he was much older Mm -hmm. you know at that age I was 25 when I met him Mm -hmm. he was 55 okay you know Mm -hmm. so um I thought that because he was older and he was you know into the Christian lifestyle and read his bible that oh this is this is for me Mm -hmm. but along with that came a lot of his uh his issues, things that he was battling. Um, so we went through that and um, for four years it was just a lot of chaos and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And he started using drugs and things of that nature. So it was I thought that I can love him through that mm-hmm. and heal him mm-hmm. but in turn I was brought down right um, 
But once I did leave that relationship and I moved back to Richmond, um, it's like everything slowed down. And I remember when I first moved to Richmond, I was 12, um, that I felt the same way. And that's when I started writing poetry and I felt more in touch with myself. So I think that being here in Richmond is what had to happen for me to start my healing. Mm -hmm. And so typically, I would never ask someone to go back into the past mm -hmm. because um, we just want to move forward. Right. However, I do want you to give us a little more insight for people who may be in this situation. Right. Um, and so in terms of, I know you say your background, like in your childhood, mm -hmm. there was a lot of it. It was domestic abuse. Right. Um, now, was that just with your mother or was that with you as well? Um, it was with me as well, along with, you know, sexual abuse um, as well from family members. Um, so, and I kept that to myself for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Not till recently did I divulge that mm -hmm. to my family. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah. And so how did you feel about yourself as a young person? Um, I think that when you're young and things are dysfunctional every day, that's your normal. Mm -hmm. And you begin to believe that that's how it is, mm -hmm. that's how life is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, not until I started spending time at other people's house, other children, mm -hmm. friends that I see oh, this is how a family, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, okay, this mm -hmm. is something new. Mm -hmm. um, so I would always spend time with the other families. Mm -hmm. So, um, but now that I look back, I'm like, wow, that wasn't correct. And it's okay to desire, you know, to be whole mm -hmm. in a family setting. And I'm glad that I'm able to do that now you know, with my relationship as well as my younger brother who, you know, he has three children and a loving wife. They, he takes care of her. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so glad that it's, you know, that we have the chance to not follow through with that generational. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so when you, this is always a question that I have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've lived it. So I, I know from my experience mm -hmm. um, pretty much the answer. But um, when you met the person, mm -hmm. um, the 55-year-old, mm -hmm. what initially drew you two together? Like, were there any, like, I know you painted the picture of him being a Christian mm -hmm. and that type of thing, but were there any other signs that you may have um, picked up on but didn't really know that you were picking up on it? Um, I think it was um, the fact that he his his spirit was familiar, and not until after I left did I notice that he had the same spirit as my stepfather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I guess no matter if it's good or bad, we just naturally want to attach ourselves to what's what's familiar okay. to us. Right. So mm -hmm. that was that was what <laughs> brought me to him, right. and we just started a organic conversation on the bus because we worked at the same place mm -hmm. and he started talking to me about God you know and at that time I was trying to be celibate mm -hmm. you know and get my relationship with God right mm -hmm. so when he told me that he was as well I was like oh my goodness <laughs> this is 
saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not that. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So um, as time went on and you started seeing, okay, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to love him through this. Mm-hmm. At what point did you start to realize that? Uh, when hospital visits became a regular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the last incident, um, I had a concussion, broken cheekbone, um, broken ribs, you know. So at that point, you know, my family even was, they were tired of, you know, hearing about it mm-hmm. and going back. So they started to separate themselves mm-hmm. as well. So at that point, I said, you know what? I want to live. Mm-hmm. This is not how people live. And I want to be truly happy. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can love this person this much and they're doing this to me, how awesome would it be to love somebody who can love me the same way mm-hmm. that I love? Right. You know, so. Yeah. So I just, I said, you know what? Packed the suitcase. <laughs> and I came back to Richmond. Okay. $70 in my bank account. Wow. <laughs> so awesome so um the question that we always get is when people are in that space Mm -hmm. right they haven't made the decision Mm -hmm. like oh i want to live or um i'm i'm better than this so Mm -hmm. i deserve more Mm -hmm. they haven't quite made that decision Mm -mm. um do you have the answer to what happens in between i haven't quite gotten there and now i'm here You have to get tired of being sick and tired. And you're the only person that can determine that. And I've gone back at least five or six times. Mm -hmm. So everybody has a breaking point, whether that's a week, months, some years. Mm -hmm. At some point, you, you come to your own realization that this is not. For me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just took that last time for me to say, "Okay, this is not going to work." Now, at that time, I was not yet there saying, "Oh, I'm worth more than this." Mm-hmm. All I said was, "I can't take this." Right. So it wasn't until maybe two years after that I realized what it is that I'm worth. minus a relationship because I was single mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. when I realized it and that's when I went into therapy mm-hmm. so a lot of people they say there's a negative stigma about therapy and you know why do you need to talk to somebody who doesn't know you but it's good to have a third party looking in on your situation what you're going through and, and provide you the tools you know to think differently mm-hmm. Um, you know, put another perspective or look at a situation with a a new, fresh eye, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what therapy provided me. So, um, it's called a dialectal behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. um, where they're basically training your mind to use different, uh, neuros in your brain, Mm -hmm. neuropaths. Mm -hmm. 
to think of different options. So it's like you're in the forest and you're chopping down the trees to make a path and you always go down that same path so now you don't have to chop down any trees. But now we're going to forge through a new path. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what, what they were doing oh, with therapy. That's really interesting. So um, you don't have to give us an example from your life, but if you can give us an example, like how does that play out in real life? Um, so, for instance, um, we were working on, well, we, I can't give an example for okay. me, because um, I was working on depression, and um, I was working on binge eating, and with that, it was, okay, I'm having a meal, let's check in during the meal. Mm-hmm. Are you full? Are you satisfied? Once that meal is done, I'm usually the person that wants to have seconds or thirds, you know, but now we're introducing new tools. Okay, let's, you know, have that first serving. Let's check back in an hour. Check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you feeling? What does your stomach feel like? Are you feeling physical hunger? Are you feeling emotional hunger? And And it's so weird that, you know, all your life, well, all my life, I never check in with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. I'm asking people all the time, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> no, how am I doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was different. Um, another thing that they brought to my attention was values. You know, somebody asked me, okay, what are your values? What are your top values? And I was like, I never thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) So we explored that and, you know, just learning what you value. Now my eyes are so open to uh, knowing what I want, what I deserve. And I think that was the the bottom line. And I I, I guess I wish that, you know, my mom would have been like, Okay, well, let's learn about values. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that's a normal thing that we talk about in the home or when we're bringing up children. You know, what are your values? Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit jumping, but one thing that I, I had an opportunity to spend like a, about two uninterrupted hours with you. Mm-hmm. And in that time, you told me so many things about what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know you were like, oh, I want a, a little uh, a house on a farm. Yeah. And, you know, I want animals and, mm-hmm. you know, I want to cook for people. And, yep. I, you know, and you just had like all these different things like I want this, I mm-hmm. want that, I want this. And I found that to be so refreshing because kind of like what you were saying, like you never checked in with yourself. You didn't mm-hmm. know what you want, how yeah. you felt. And to hear you saying, I want this, I want that, and just kind of dreaming and um, from the feel of everything, yeah. like yeah. this is what's possible for me. So I, I found that to be so, like, just so refreshing. But um, as you were saying, like, a lot of times we just don't. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we want. Right. And until we take the time to think about, well, what do we want, mm-hmm. we can't create what we want. Exactly, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just maybe December, I... Uh, heard something about uh, designing your life, mm-hmm. the life that you want. Mm-hmm. 
So then I started to implement those things into my life, like daily affirmations, mm-hmm. um, just speaking life into your life mm-hmm. and saying what it is that you want. And just it, it happens. And in the past, since January 14th mm-hmm. until now, it's been a, a drastic change. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been an amazing ride. And I, I'm like, wow, wow. <laughs> hey, that's a specific date. So why do you have that specific date? Well, January 14th is when I went into a residential uh, program uh, for depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in North Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And... It was so, uh, it was an amazing experience. And when you have that time to yourself Mm -hmm. and and you have people all around you asking you questions about you, Mm -hmm. then you have time to sit back and and think, okay, you know, this is what I want. This is what I want my life to look like. How am I going to implement a plan to get there? And... It was just nice to have that time to, to realize those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that was the day I left Richmond and went to Durham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's awesome. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, you said that when you came to Richmond, mm-hmm. um, you felt like coming to Richmond was a time for you to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I guess, you know, being, being living in Pittsburgh and being born in New York, um, those northern states they're so much faster Mm -hmm. everything is you know so um when i'm in virginia even though you know it's not really the south but i feel it's the south (laughs) (laughs) but you know you just slow down take it easy um and i have time to reflect so when I finally slowed myself down from all the busyness that was in my head, not just <laughs> in my environment, mm-hmm. but in my head, that's when, you know, I had time to dream mm-hmm. about what what I want. Mm-hmm. So in this conversation, you actually said a lot, even though um, you're not necessarily speaking from a spiritual person or, um, I mean, perspective mm-hmm. or like a... You know, some people call it woo-woo perspective. Yeah. It's like you've hit on so many of the things that we talk about in the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, like, having a dream, mm-hmm. um, knowing what your feelings are, putting your feelings out there, um, right. taking time to be still, mm-hmm. reflecting, being yeah. quiet. And so all those things played a role. In, but the first thing that you did, the very first thing was you made a decision. Yes. You made a decision to get out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, to protect yourself, your yeah. body, your physical. Yes. And once you um, decided on something, mm-hmm. then it's like other things just began to line up line for up. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then along with, you know, everything lining up, I realized, you know, hey, you got to uh, gotta give back to yourself. Mm-hmm. So me reading and doing a lot of personal um, development and getting new habits mm-hmm. and saying my daily uh, affirmation, which my favorite one is, um, I'm always the head and never the tail. <laughs> I am always, I am forever a conqueror. Um, you know, so things like that is really helped. Mm-hmm. So. 
so yeah that is so wonderful and i can like your spirit is just always so warm and welcoming and it's hard to imagine that you were in a place of darkness just not even that long ago yes and i remember seeing a post that you did um and you can help me with the post but it mm -hmm. said something to the effect of um you don't always need a degree to get to mm -hmm. where you want yes um it said um uh, God qualifies. You don't need a degree because God qualifies. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, a lot of people, they have the passion. They, you know, study whatever it is that they're passionate about. For me, that's, that's food. That's business, entrepreneurship. And anything about it, I pick up a book. I look up a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to learn and soak it up, mm -hmm. saturate myself <laughs> in it. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes down to my two businesses, um, I just want to do what I love every day. And I previously was working um, in a call center where I'm answering calls all day long. Mm -hmm. And... You know, at some point you're like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do this, you know. But now that I have these two businesses, it's like, oh, I can't wait to get up and do this and do that, you know. <laughs> that makes a difference. Yes. yes. And it's, it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. It feels like fun. Mm -hmm. You know, this morning I woke up at like 3 a.m. so that I can go bake. <laughs> and I was happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm like, 3 a.m., that's an ungodly hour. <laughs> Yeah, imagine going to the call center at yes. 3 <laughs> But, yeah, I'm just, I just found a way to tap in, you know, and make things happen in my life. And just make the blessings become so much more abundant. And I've never felt this abundant in my life not even materialistically mm -hmm. just spiritually mm -hmm. being so happy feeling so blessed mm -hmm. so it's an amazing thing to just just speak life and, and feed your spirit the right things and not you know looking at negative things or wallowing in mm -hmm. you know depression you know because when I first got diagnosed I was like oh yeah my depression or this depression or my because you know a lot of <laughs> when we get sick we say oh yeah my arthritis mm -hmm. Stop claiming right. it. <laughs> it's not yours. <laughs> so, yeah, that, those things really helped me out. So Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on this show. Of and course. It's like, I feel like we can go in so many different directions <laughs> yeah. from here. So um, hopefully you'll be open to coming back on this show oh, one day soon. I would love to. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and so I hope you all really could... Um, pull from what Erica was saying again in terms of knowing what you want. I mean, and the thing that she just now said about feeling abundant, like she feels abundant, even though maybe it's not material at this moment, but if you're radiating that out in the world, mm -hmm. I know pretty soon I'll the next back. time she comes, I'm going to be like, <laughs> okay, Erica, tell us how you made this fortune. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoy Erica as much as I did. Again, it's Chef Erica. Um, if you can tell them how um, they can reach you. I am on Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can either find me on the handle of Erica Banks 
or House of Lazuli. That's my online boutique. And coming soon, our new website for Sugar and Sage Restaurant and Menu Consulting. Thank you very thank much. You. And thank you guys for joining us today. And make sure you check out my website at arvetmclean.com. Until next time. Bye.